Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Uh, in Central America, a caravan of migrants uh, seeking a better life heads north to the United States. As narco-traffickers, part of the cause for the caravan, move drugs and money back and forth across the same border. From Academy Award and Emmy Award-winning producer Nick Quested, Blood on the Wall explores the depths of corruption plaguing Mexico and Central America and the policies of the past that have made it impossible for everyday people to find justice. The film is going to be premiering uh, on September 30th on Nat Geo or National Geographic, and it is a remarkable documentary. It is uh, truly fly-on-the-wall kind of journalism, and we're fortunate to have with us today one of the co-directors, Nick Quested. Nick, welcome to Film School Radio. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being from today's headlines. Um, in that in 2018, this this idea of the caravan, what was uh, people migrating from Central America through Mexico and on their way to the United States border became such a political football, such a political flashpoint. How did you and Sebastian get to, to this point where you wanted to document this caravan, which is now, like I said, such a part of the political folklore of the United States? Ever since the uh, president uh, descended his golden escalator uh, with his paid for coterie of employees cheering him on, and and who proceeded to call, we felt that we needed to humanize the issue of migration. So we didn't actually set about filming the caravan. We set up to follow um, a various migrant families as they crossed Mexico. Um, but when we turned up in, in southern Mexico, we were in the highlands of Chiapas, uh, actually in a community called Actial, which was... Um, 20 years ago was uh, the subject of a uh, pre-Easter militia attack and 38 people were murdered in their village. Um, but we heard the caravan was forming, so we immediately packed our bags and managed to get to the Guatemalan border by car over the mountains the next morning. We were there the day before the caravan really started to form there. And... Um, and that's how we met our characters uh, that were on the caravan. Yeah, that uh, would be that would be Ludi and Carol. What makes this such a a connection is the the ability to be able to focus in on a couple of people, and we, we get to know them and their their backstory. Uh, as the caravan was forming, did you have a sense of how many? people would eventually join or was it something that just sort of seemed to organically evolve? What, how did, what was your sense of that caravan as it was forming? Well, um, it was just more and more people were turning up at this border town till this town became basically overrun with people. Like there was um, eight to 10,000 people who attempted to cross the bridge when we were there. Um, they were repelled by the Mexican federal police, but, the caravan was so hopeful and so forceful and so strong that, and also, you know, good think about a caravan, you know, you might stop it at one point, but the border is so porous that they chose to go half a mile up the road 
and enter Mexico that way. Yeah. Um, so um, we didn't know the caravan would be that big, but we knew the caravan was important because we'd seen uh, the caravan of Easter the year before and how how polarizing that had been in a political sense. Yeah. Well, we, we get a sense from the film, uh, from Blood on the Wall, of the a brief history of Central America and United States involvement in it and how over the course of several decades, the United States has brought a lot of pain and suffering by virtue of its support for dictators and puppet governments in that region. And now the region seems to be beset by uh, overwhelming amount of drug trafficking and just general decay within the society, no infrastructure to really support the amount of people that are there. Uh, was there something in particular that caused this caravan to form? Was it just a sort of a, a zeitgeist moment in, in, the, in that region? It was, I, to a certain, I think it was more of a zeitgeist moment. There was, um, I mean, I think the ambition for people to leave uh, the violence of their home countries is, is constantly there. But this was the first time that there was a, a social media aspect to the advertising of a caravan forming. And it went, it, it ripped through Honduras and Guatemala like wildfire to the point where people just sort of down tools and were like left with the money in their pocket and said, it has to be better than here because this is um, so oppressive and so dangerous and, and um, so troubling. So um, you and Sebastian were embedded in the caravan, but the journey from the border of Mexico with Guatemala and Honduras to the United States is, I believe, about a thousand miles. Am I correct in that? I think it's more like two point two thousand miles. Oh um, my God! The long part of the eastern coast, where near um, Matamoros or Reynoso, and then entering, you know, America near um, Corpus Christi or um, Brownsville. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, that makes my question even more remarkable. I mean, to to see them make this migration. I mean, just to watch people who, I don't know if they had a sense of how far it was going to, it was or how long it was going to take them, but just what you spoke to about the determination to just get the hell out of whatever hellscape they were living in. This um, this is this is a remarkable part of the story, and gets lost in of the politics and media is that a am i being fair oh absolutely i think that um uh, worth believing yeah how did most of those people get from chiapas to the border did they walk? Did they get trained? Did they hop on? How did, well, how they did that started, happen? They started by walking and then they would, uh, if they could, they would jump on the back of a truck or, um, um, you know, they were, they were heading north however they possibly could. And yeah. the weather in the south was so oppressive. It was almost 100 degrees heat and the humidity was exceptionally high. I mean, you're walking through a lowland jungle at many parts. 
And, um, but as they started to get to Puebla and Mexico City, then um, it's the response to the caravan became more organized and some of the states calculated that it was easier to pass the uh, caravan through to the border and drop them in, in uh, Mexicali or Tijuana than it was to feed them constantly and let them walk. So mm. one of our families spent, you know, almost 30 hours on a bus with no food, no water and no sanitation. Um, My God. Uh, was so that Carol? Was, uh, no, it wasn't. It was actually, um, they had a, they had a, a rough ride, but it wasn't the 30 hours. That was a, a one of our, okay. um, that was uh, Jesus, but they were 20 hours on a bus. The film again is called blood on the wall and the, um, it will be screening on Nat Geo on starting on Wednesday, September 30th, starting at nine o'clock, eight o'clock central, nine o'clock, I assume West and East coast. And, um, we're speaking with the co-director of the film, Nick Quested, along with Sebastian Younger, who, um, who is res- your, your team is responsible for so many incredible documentary films over the many years, Gordon Gall, uh, Restrepo and others. Um, at what point did you have a sense of the politicalization of the caravan? When did you know that you were documenting something that was creating this storm of politics up in the United States? Well, we knew before we even started that, that um, if the caravan was of this size, it was going to be international news um, because the last caravan was, and the last caravan wasn't even close to the size of this. So we knew from the very beginning that this was a, you know, a moment in history. And, and, you know, we had to be very clear that we weren't, here to cover this as a news event we right. were there to cover our characters experience at this event right. so that's a very different way of covering um a um a news event right. and i had to keep reminding my team that that's what we were doing because um we had people on both sides of the equation here we had a crew on the um federal police side on the bridge and then we had us with um, me with Ludi and um, and the kids. Did you were you hearing about? I guess that's the other part. Of it. Were you hearing about what was taking place with with President Trump? Um, sort of trying to turn them into this proverbial boogeyman for the political purposes of the 2018 election. Were you hearing that, or did you, was it? No, absolutely. It was. Um, the, the words of the president resonated through the caravan very quickly because their smartphones are, uh, <coughs> are ubiquitous on the caravan. Everyone, most people have a smartphone of some, def, some level of capabilities. So his words would resonate. And, you know, sometimes it steeled the caravan to continue north and other times it became very um, oppressive and, and disappointing to them that they were going to a country where the president was vilifying them for political terms when they thought that America was a country where immigration was, you know, fundamental to the um, a foundation to the country. And, and you could, you know, one of the things I took away from watching these people as they make this journey, uh, it was that, that, that optimism that many of them felt despite 
um, what they might have been hearing and that fundamental belief that the United States would uh, essentially, if they got there, would do the right thing. They would find asylum and they would be able to move on with their lives. Um, in the last minute or so that I have with you, Nick, um, how has this experience affected your uh, perceptions of people fleeing from these countries like Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala and the way in which the United States is has changed, I guess? I, has it changed? Has it changed? I, I, I think that I, we were constantly surprised by the resilience of, of everyone on the caravan and could only wonder how dangerous their home countries would be that if people were this resilient and this able to deal with hardship, how, how bad the conditions must be for them at home because no one wants to leave their home. And then as far as the political side of it in America, I think that we are constantly surprised that many supporters of uh, the president at the moment seem to live in a non-factual world, that it doesn't matter what the president says, it doesn't matter what, um, uh, what lies he uh, espouses, but they will continue to support him because no, none of his, his commentary on the caravan was factually correct. And it just, it, just, it just proves how low he's willing to stoop in order to find an, a, a non-existent enemy um, to assuage his base of evangelicals, racists, and, and, and uh, the hyper-wealthy. Amen. Nick Quested, uh, I, I could not agree more. Thank you so very much. Uh, it is, it's true. And I mean, I will, re I will refrain from launching into my own political screed about this man that is in charge of the largest collection of nuclear weapons in the world, that uh, it, uh, it should scare all of us that he is who he, where he is. And um, I hope that, uh, you know, films like yours shine a light on things that were said ab about these people that are not true. I mean, the, the process of watching this film uh, and hopefully there, you know, more and more people come to a realization that aren't in the cult that will begin to act on, on this better information. So I want to thank you and Sebastian for your work here on blood on the wall and all the best to you moving forward. You you take on some very seriously dangerous uh, um, uh, projects, and uh, I, I hope you both the best in, in your future projects. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Mike. I look forward to coming back and discuss the next one. We've got one on the Diamond Princess and the out COVID outbreak coming. Oh, fantastic. Okay, well, great. I'll be looking and I'll be, I'll be searching you out. So thank you, Nick. Take care, man. Pleasure, mate. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.